Well, God bless you and praise the Lord. This is Dr. Valerie Simpson. Praise the Lord. And we are with Reset Forever Ministries podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Um, we're back again at this time. We are in Union Gospel Press, and we are working this week on lesson number six out of Union Gospel Press for the 10th of January in the year 2021. I want to give a special um, uh, thanks out to India. Ask you to pray. Um, for the ministries there, they are sincerely doing a great work. Keep them lifted in prayer. There are many things God has for them. And I want to uh, go ahead now and begin our lesson. We are in chapter number six of John, and that's St. John. So chapter number six, we're going to be in verses 15 through 21. And of course, this week's lesson is Jesus walks on water let's look at that let's see why he does it and let's get some background on the benefits and a little bit more about the story so with that i'm going to go ahead and turn it over to our teacher for today who is elder daniel simpson all right god bless you elder simpson go right ahead first of everybody and that's just we got a good lesson mm-hmm. more guys always rich Truly is man and our spiritual man mm-hmm. well. You know, no faith in any kind. Glory. The lesson where we're going to see faith in action. Mm-hmm. Not only that Jesus walking on the water, but also what led up to the event. Yes, indeed. This awesome miracle mm-hmm. walking on the water. But I want to start in. St. John's course, chapter 6. But let's read what led up to the events in the lesson. Okay, so. Yeah, because Matthew's account is going to give us some more information. Alright, so in the sixth chapter, you want to start uh, reading at verse number one? Yeah, let's read verse one so we can see the the name of the sea that they walked on. Go ahead, okay, after these things, Jesus went over to over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And I think it's also, depending on which area you're in, which side or which coast you're launching out of, it could be Genesaret, it could be Tiberias, it could be Galilee. Just depends on, like, Canada, Detroit, etc. All right, um, you want me to? Yes. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were deceased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. Okay, that's, that's mm-hmm. So as we can see, the foundation and start this lesson was was a multitude that came to Jerusalem mm-hmm. because the Passover feast was not, which means it was near. Okay, so there were more in town, so to speak. Because they have to because they have to come from wherever they settled, they have to come here to to observe the Passover was one of six feasts. Three of them you had to come back. 
this is one of the major pieces. Mm -hmm. So this multitude is there. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is teaching, as we know. Yeah. And the scripture says that he saw this great multitude and he had compassion. Yeah. I love that. That does something for my heart. You can look on you can look on people and have compassion and not wrath and anger or you know what I mean, judgment and opinions, etc. He looked with compassion. Yes, and he decided to do something. Mm -hmm. So So that means his compassion drove him. His compassion just wasn't you know, felt. It actually was a driving force and caused him to act. So read verse 5 then. Verse 5 says, When Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And read on. Yes. And this he said. Mm -hmm. Let's go to verse 10. Oh, okay. And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Okay. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks and distributed it to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would, when, his, when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Okay, so he fed the 5,000, which was another miraculous miracle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now we see Jesus perform miracles on the disease at the beginning of this chapter. And now here he feeds 5,000. So now in verse 14, read. The, then those men, when they were, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, "This is of a truth that prophet that should come into the world." Now we can go to the Sunday school. Okay, so this was verification that this is the one. Yeah. Okay. But in the Sunday school lesson, when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king. Mm-hmm. That word perceive means to become aware or conscious of something. Mm -hmm. But their whole purpose of making Jesus their king wasn't because he was going to be their savior. Mm. They did it because they saw the miracle. Well, yeah, there was a great benefit to have uh, someone like this in their midst. And, and in fact, to be the key person among them. So in other words, we want you to have preeminence around here with the power and the authority you have. Yes, but it wasn't for salvation. It wasn't making him a king for salvation. They wanted to make him a king because they saw these miracles. He's feeding us. He's the ones who just these. It was all feeling. physical purposes. It was all physical and natural purposes that they uh, saw the benefits of, and that's why they. It wasn't spiritual. It was physical. So they was going to make him a king. I looked it up. They said, because they seen the miracles that Jesus did, saying, mm -hmm. and we read this, this is a truth mm -hmm. prophet that should come into the world. Yep. 
But Jesus said he came into the world to, to save men. But these miracles, as we talked about in last week's lesson, they just co-signed at who he was. Yeah, signs and wonders following. So, yes. yeah, so they saw that and they were enamored with that and they saw the benefit in that, but their souls hadn't caught on yet that this is, it's bigger than what you're looking at. Their faith had to go a little bit deep. Yeah. Their faith had to go into a salvation mode. Another one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That even if I don't get healed physically, or we have found the Messiah, right? These miracles, mm -hmm. my soul still loves the Lord. In other words, the salvation is for the soul, but you're looking at just for a physical, you know, appreciation, right? Gratification, right? I'm healing people, miracles, signs, and wonders, and now I'm feeding other five thousand. Okay. So. All right, so that. So, um, he departed again into the mountain himself alone. Okay. Now, it was a purpose why he did that. Now, if we go to Matthew. Okay. 14. <clears throat> 14 and what? Okay, Matthew 14. And verse 23. 23. Says, and when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. So when he went up into the mountain, mm -hmm. he went and he prayed as often he did. Yeah, that was his custom. Mm -hmm. To go along and pray to the Father mm -hmm. all evening, sometimes days. Mm -hmm. And when he came back from uh, uh, that fellowship with God mm -hmm. came back doing great miracles, signs, and wonders. Mm -hmm. It was just an awesome relationship we see that Christ, the Son of God, never had with this heavenly body. Well, I think that, um, that it would be good for us as the people of God to draw from there that as he spent time before the presence of the Lord, there was an interaction. So as you said, it was relational. They had a relationship. Um, and so the interaction not only was a communication that was going back and forth, it was an exchange of, you know, giving him power, depositing in the authority. You know, of course, he's the word of God made flesh, so he is power. But as us being the children of God, the more time you spend in the presence of the Lord and the stronger your relationship gets with him, um, the more power is exuded in you and the less fear is able to rise up and to overthrow you because fear can derail you. But spending that time up in those mountains when he came back, he was full of power. The scripture says he came, you know, in the power of the spirit. Well, when we go, you know, we're coming from the presence of the Lord. We spend time with him. We come in the power of the spirit, not seeking the natural things. <clears throat> well, we're natural people, so, but I'm saying they don't have the preeminence, you know, your heart and your desire. It's in a different place. 16 of the and when Ethan was now coming, <clears throat> mm -hmm. his disciples went down into the ship. Now, when you go to Matthew 22, it tells you mm -hmm. why the disciples did what they did. And 22 of Matthew 14, chapter 14, we read, 
And straightway, when Jesus constrained his disciples mm-hmm. to get into the ship yep. and to go before him mm. unto the other side. Mm-hmm. So as we see, he sent them. He sent them mm-hmm. to the other side into the sea of Galilee, right? To go to the other side. Mm-hmm. And to uh, you know, point from point A to point B, but you know. Actually, the events in between. While he sent the multitude away, he was in prayer. He went up to the mountain alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jesus strategically did this. Well, yeah, and I think, think too, you know, I look, the thing that comes to my mind is that um, Jesus is a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And the Bible says that he is at the right hand of the throne of God where he ever liveth. To make intercession for the saints. So he was in prayer. While they were. In this peril. Or while they were headed into peril. And it's the same thing for us. The prayer. And you know the provisions. Are going out and being made. Before we even get into. Whatever we're getting into. Or before danger even comes. And while we're, we're there. He's with us. So good parallel. I think is a good parallel. You know, that he went in to pray and he sent them. So, yep. So, okay. verse 17. 17. And they said unto him, We, oh, oh I'm in the wrong channel. Oh, we're back in the lesson. Okay. All right, so back in St. John 6 and 17. And entered into a ship and went over. The sea of went over toward the sea uh, toward Capernaum, and it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of the great wind that blew. So when they had rowed rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea. Okay. So we have um, the sea arose, that the sea arose um, by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rolled for about 20 and 5, 30 furlongs. So one thing that I do see here is that. Um, in Matthew. Oh, you want to go back to Matthew? What chapter? No, we put what, what chapter in Matthew? We'll be fine. In the same chapter, okay, what verse do you want to go to on 14? 24. All right. All right, sorry about that, everybody. So we're back in Matthew. Yeah. But the ship, oh, at 20, uh, 20, uh, 14 and verse 24. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves. For the wind was contrary. Yeah, so Matthew's giving you a little bit more information on what was going on in verse 18 of Sanskrit. Yeah, I noticed that when I was reading John, he wasn't giving all these details that we've heard about for years and years that we've heard this lesson, so it's good. This is the reason why you need the synoptic. Well, John is not a synoptic gospel. There's only three. But um, mm-hmm. it's a good reason why they all need to be conferred with. So... 
Yeah, he gives us more detail. The, the wind that blew is what they said in John, but then it was contrary. It was contrary, and the, <clears throat> the waves tossed, and the sea became very... It was a violent situation. situation, yeah. It wasn't just, gosh, the boat is rocking, I'm seasick. No, we're in a danger of being overthrown, flipped, and, you know, perishing out here at sea. It was very real. Um, I don't know if you had a point there, but I had, I had something that had came to me um, that as, you know, people always talk about how Jesus, you know, wasn't afraid. And, you know, even during this, even though, even though the storm was, was uh, treacherous, he wasn't afraid. Well, of course not. But here's the thing that we need to realize is that um, the scripture says, I think it was Peter, that it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren um, so that he may be a great high priest. And the Bible says that he will suffer in all things, be tempted in all things like as we, yet without sin. Well, here was another situation that he needed, and I'm going to say experience. And knowing it in your head is one thing, experiencing it is another thing. Some things I experience by looking at on TV, you know. But if I'm there, it's a different experience for me. Some things I experience when I'm reading the book of Psalms. Because David writes so, with so much passion and so much clarity that I experience it. Um, but this was an experience that Jesus was immersed in, both to see the reality of the threat of this storm from a human standpoint well, and, and their struggle with it. Yes, because Mark also said that they... Let's go to... You got Mark? Mark chapter 6. Okay. Mark chapter 6 in what verse? Okay. Says, that long and he saw them toiling in the rope, for the wind was contrary unto them. Yeah. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came unto them walking upon the sea. So they were struggling for their lives. And would have passed by them. Yeah. So they were struggling. They weren't just watching the storm and going, you know, cowering and shivering and wondering and trembling. They were struggling to live. They were struggling to survive in this storm. And I think everybody can can relate to that, you know, when when things are going crazy all around you and you're doing everything in your power. That's what was happening with them and that they were struggling to live. And it was a, a, a battle to get these waves going. But Jesus came, you know, while they were in the midst of the struggle. Jesus shows up. Verse 19 says, so when they had rolled about four five, and five and twenty or thirty four loads furlongs they see jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship and they were afraid now, now they got another problem now five and twenty to thirty furlongs they said that's close to about three miles oh so they were this battle was going on for a while because yeah. how far can you move with the sea being tossed like that they worked hard for a long time and they were probably just worn out physically spiritually, mentally, psychologically, they were just wiped out. And also, Jesus walked the three miles to get to them. Well, yeah, you know, on but... The, on the, on the sea. And while he was walking, mm -hmm. the, the, the water was still contrary. Mm -hmm. and, he, and I don't see where it's, it gives any indication that he was being tossed or blown about. 
I don't see that. Nope. So, um, but at, at the at the very, you know, nth of, um, they were at the nth degree of their fright and their terror. Okay, they're already at their wit's end, worn out in every way, inwardly and outwardly. And then now, here comes Jesus. Now, I, have, I should have looked it up. Which gospel says when they saw him coming, <clears throat> they were affrighted? Yes, when both of them. Mark says this. Mark, okay. Which chapter? That was six. Mark says they have this. Do you, do you have it? I have six and. 48. Yep. Which we read. What's up? 49, but when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it was a spirit. spirit and cried out. Mm -hmm. For they all saw him and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them, said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Okay, so they were rightfully or justifiably afraid. So then here's another problem. You're already into your wits from everything else, and now you think it's a spirit out here on the water. <clears throat> and they weren't just delusional, you know. Somebody was walking on the water, and this is not normal, this is not natural, and we've never seen anything like this or heard it reported. Well, this is what I like about in the Gospel of St. Matthew. Okay. And it's in chapter 14, where we was at earlier, mm -hmm. because Peter challenged his faith. All right. All right. And Peter challenged this, this sight of seeing Christ walking mm -hmm. on the water, mm -hmm. and if it be a spirit or not. Because Peter says this in. Uh, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come. Matthew chapter 24, we get to the verse. And 28. Okay. This is what Peter said. Uh -huh. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Uh -huh. Okay. So P Peter had the boldness. Peter had, you know, wow, you know, okay. It looked like, it looks like you and, you know, Hey, if it, you know, it was probably uh, somewhere between horror and the happiest thing that could have happened, that Jesus shows up, right? Yes, because in, because in verse 20 of the Sunday school lesson, he said, But he said unto them, It is I, be not afraid. Mm -hmm. And then Peter says, you know. How happy could you have been at that yeah. moment? And Peter answered him and said unto him, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee mm -hmm. on the waters. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. So I want to say this because it takes me back to um, Moses when he was um, getting ready. Was it Moses that they were getting ready to go out? And he said, but if you're not going to go, we're not going to go. Right? So it was kind of like that whole, you know, if it's you, if it's you, you know, even with all of this, he dismissed all, if it's you, then let me come to you where you're at. Because he knew that Jesus was mighty. He knew that he was mighty in the spirit. And he knew he was powerful, courageous, had all authority. So if that's you, kind of like Moses, let me see your glory. Or if you're going to go with us, we'll go. But if you won't, we're not going to go. He was in that kind of a mold. And so that was a good place, especially after all of their trauma. Okay, well, this is a question I have for you. Uh-oh, another question. Go. Now, when Jesus was walking on the water, uh -huh. was the sea still tossing and turning? 
Was the storm still about? Well, from looking at it, you know, verse number 18, because we were in 19, we read that, right? And it was, it was a blue, great wind, what we read in um, Matthew, that it was a contrary wind. And, but you know what? He had spoke to it. Didn't he, hadn't he spoke to it and told it, you know, no, no. Okay, am I mixing up stories? I'm mixing, I'm sorry. And so, <laughs> I'm natural, I'm human. So, you know, I don't see where it says that the winds began to calm down. It does? Well, read it to me. You threw the question out there. So where are we at in verse number 19? No, we're still in Matthew. Okay, so you want to go back to Matthew. you got to tell us when you're going back. So Matthew, uh, what chapter? 14. Okay. 14. All right, so 14, not 24. And what verse? Verse 29. Okay, so, yeah, this is a good reason why you really have to go back and forth to the Gospels. All right, so verse number to the uh, synoptic gospels to get the story straight. 29, and Jesus departed from thence. And that's 14 and, oh, it's 14, 29. 14 and 29. Okay, and he said, come. Talking to Peter. Yep. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on water to go to Jesus. Okay, now, where does it say the sea? Okay, 30. All right. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. So, so did it just rise back up? And uh, walking, in, walking through that storm. It was, it was tossing about. Okay. Still being boisterous. So then they, even though they were struggling with the ship and everything, the wind and all that was going on, but they were able to put that aside to see him and Peter to even converse with him in the middle of all this chaos. Right. And then we seen that in Matt in St. Mark. Right. thought it was a spirit. Yeah, those people, they believed in spirits. And, you know, if someone hovered, hovered over, that the, um, even if someone died, they believed that for the first few days that that spirit still hovered over the body. And on, by day four, it was over and the body deteriorated. Okay, so they were believing it was the spirit. So Peter challenged that, and said, "If it be thee, Lord, let me come out." Well, let this you, and it's not a spirit. Yeah. <clears throat> Jesus said, "Come, Peter, come walking." Okay. And while he was walking, he saw that the wind was boisterous and was afraid. Mm -hmm. In verse thirty-one, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, "O thou little faith, whence didst thou doubt?" Mm -hmm. And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Same way in this lesson. Okay, so you set me up on that one. You... It was right here. <laughs> I know, I should have known. Right there in the last verses. That's how I should have known. Then they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land where they went. Okay. So two miracles. So, yeah, to where they... The wind ceased, and the mm -hmm. ship immediately went to the land. Yeah, and then they had the multitude, the feeding of the multitude that happened before that, too. So, the obstacles. So, for this, I would say that, you know, the first, um, the miracle of the feeding of the multitude, 
you know, that was mighty, um, but it was more seen as a spiritual blessing. They were ready to, you know, make him king because these natural reasons. Um, but in the end, he helps them to transition more into their faith by um, taking them into this situation where they were in danger and he was able to control the winds and the waves. So it became more of a spiritual thing and a safety thing and, you know, being well, a, go ahead. It's more important for the body of Christ to serve God, not for natural things, right? not for bread or for the flesh, right? but to serve God because the of our I wish you were saying it again because really that's where we're at right now. You know, all prosperity and blessings and, you know, you'll never have to worry about anything. And, you know, and people, you know, they're all into that. But they're, they've they left off, you know, the so miracles and the, the signs and the wonders and the salvation to the point where you are living a relational life where there are certain things you won't do. You may have a weak moment. You ha may have a battle. You may stumble, but there is redemption. That is still a part of the whole plan of salvation, that God redeems us and forgiveness and mercy. But you have to maintain. It's kind of like having to maintain a house. You know, if you don't do anything, it's going to fall apart. You have to maintain your spiritual life <clears throat> with prayer and with word and with fasting and with a lifestyle, or else you'll fall to the will of the flesh consistently and repeatedly. And then it becomes without repentance. So these are powerful words of life. Sometimes you can deceive yourself <clears throat> to make it okay to sin. Uh-huh. You can kill your conscience or you can get so weak until, you know, you're not affected by the spirit. The flesh can be so loud you can't even hear the, speak the speaking of the spirit to you. Remember how the scripture said that there was a, a the storm came. Was it Elijah in the cave? storm and all of that earthquake and then there was a still small voice that's why you have to have that time alone Jesus went alone into that mountain and he had time alone and he spent that time there and received that communication instruction don't start your day without that in communication and instruction or else it's going to be a long day it's going to be a, it's not it may not be a successful day and opportunities may pass you by that you may never get again. So, Jesus walks on water. I think that's a statement. I don't think it's just a lesson. I think that's a statement. Jesus walks on water. Well, it's also um, to build our faith, like Peter, mm -hmm. who walked on water also. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Come on now. Because he said, you know, you know, just as I was in this world, so shall you be. And that was an extreme, so, you know, we can't just go out and say, well, today I'm going to walk across the Detroit River, or I'm about to go down to Miami and step out on the Atlantic, etc. You have to um, realize that spiritually, you know, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So here are some wonderful things in the lesson. So, yeah, Peter walks on water with, as well as Jesus. A lot of these lessons about miracles in the Gospels is to build our faith so we can have a great expectation in God mm -hmm. to do the impossible. To do. I'm glad you went ahead and said that. Not just have just the expectation we're sitting back and waiting for God to do something, but that you yourself will use the power of God that is within you to do some things.
And one thing I like about Jesus, most of his, well, all of his miracles that he performed, mm -hmm. he performed them on people. He yeah. wasn't selfish with him, with his ministry right. and things that God had called him to do. Mm -hmm. He was on a mission to save the world. Yes, and he had to do it in demonstration of power. Yep. So let us know we don't have no weak gospel. This ain't no weak salvation. Right. The salvation is for the power and authority. Yeah, but you have to have it, don't you? You have to have the word. You have to have it. You can't. Well, you got you got to have a calling. You got to know your calling, and you have to walk in your calling. And when you have your calling with God, <coughs> you got to know how to walk with Him. Be ye holy, for I am holy, dear Lord. Mm -hmm. So you mean to tell me that God expects us to be holy in His carnal body, mm -hmm. this body of sin mm -hmm. and crazy? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, then, and there's a reason for that because when, as you get the word, for one thing, you'll know right from wrong. You'll know God from what's deception. You can't be deceived. The more words you have, the less you can be deceived. But then also the more word that you have, the more power you have because your spirit man is built up and it's stronger than your flesh. Well, you want God to testify. <clears throat> Just like he testified for Job when... Satan moved God to allow him to test Job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because Satan wanted to say, he, the, the test with Job was, is he worthy to receive all of these things? That or flesh for flesh. Remember yeah. I said that all that man has, he'll give for his flesh. Yeah. <clears throat> but God said, <clears throat> pardon me everybody, but he said, this is a man that eschews evil. He had a relationship with God, and that was before the Holy Ghost fell. But, but even though God had that, that testimony he had about Job mm -hmm. to the enemy, mm -hmm. he had to have that same testimony. Oh my God! To us, how much of a to the enemy? Or else that's going to be a testimony against yeah. us, right? That they really love me more than all the stuff that you can offer them in this world. Yeah. They, yeah. They love. They want me more than fame and fortune and glory mm -hmm. and money and power. Mm -hmm. They love me. So by us, you know, willingly being living sacrifice unto God mm -hmm. out of a pure heart because we go through our tests and trials. Right. We're signifying that we love God more than this world. Absolutely. And and the Lord knows we have need to food and shelter. But Jesus said Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Mm -hmm. And all of these things will be added mm -hmm. to you daily. He's adding mm -hmm. these things to you when you show that I love God more than this world. Now, I, I, wanted to, I want to also um, uh, just, just kind of reiterate a little bit about the redemption and everything the Bible says. Because some people come short and they feel that, you know, I'll never get that with God, right? I'll never achieve that because... I'm not from this background and I've done this. You know what I mean? But it's not a situation where we're beyond God's ability to help. Now, if you do it willfully, that's another thing. If you do it intentionally and think that you can go back and repent, that's another thing. But when it comes to the mercies and the grace of God, God wants us to understand that if you come, any man sin, if he comes to me, he has an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous seeking him and desiring him. So I guess it all comes out of your desire. How much do you really want it? Not how much do you really want the money? How much do you really want that beautiful home? How much do you want that job, that popularity, that notoriety? He said, come to me.
how much he wants you to desire him. He wants you to love him more than money. He said, if, if, if you love houses, land, mother, father, or any of these things more than me, you're not worthy of me. But the good thing, too, is that he said, and, you know, if you lack wisdom, ask. And he gives answers through the word. And he said, and when you ask, I'm not going to upbraid you. I'm not going to criticize you and talk down on you. That's not God when you see people doing, destroying somebody's self-esteem. He's not going to do that. So Jesus walks on water and Peter walks on water. But he had a love for God and for what was right, even with all of his mistakes. So we are at the end of another lesson. Did you have more you wanted to add on to that? We are at the end of another lesson, saints. And all those that are listening around the world want you to remember that this gospel is real. And the things that we have just read about and talked about, they are still very powerful. The, the word of God has not lost its power. It is not diluted. It has not become irrelevant over the years. It is still as powerful and has as much authority as it ever did. So we're going to go ahead and end this lesson with a word of prayer. I'm going to ask you to come back and join us on next week for another session with um, Reset Forever Ministries podcast. And next week on the 17th, we are going to be in the book of St. John again. And we're going to be talking about the bread of life. So that's going to deal with the word of God. All right. Elder, you want to pray us out? And to present you faultly for the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior, the glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Amen. I'm doing it from memory, so I'm always throwing stuff in there by mistake. All right, well, God bless you, everybody, and we're praying for you in Jesus' name.